You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing implant case management, planning, placement, and maintenance. Our guest is Dr. Zachary Evans, currently an assistant professor in the MUSC Department of Periodontics and director of the Master of Science in Dentistry. He is actively engaged in clinical and basic science research relating to dental implant and CAD-CAM technologies. Dr. Evans, it's a pleasure to have you back on Dental Talk. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. So your last podcast was excellent. You covered a lot of information about doctors getting involved with implants, either right after their residency program or further down into their career, some of the considerations they may need to understand about commitments to equipment and establishing an implant practice, understanding the overhead. Uh, It was very, very good. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about more on the level of case management and planning, like I mentioned in, in the introduction. So how do you begin conversations about implant dentistry with your patients? It's a challenge to our dental students when we teach them in clinic, and that is how can you make every patient encounter a positive one for the patient, right? So it can be difficult because pretty much most of the time we're talking to a patient about probably having to lose a tooth. So, you know, the the good news is that we have such good predictable options for replacing those teeth. So that's that's kind of how I I transition those those conversations with the patient of, you know, explaining the rationale for what we're getting ourselves into and discussing the options, whether that's, uh, you know, fixed tooth tooth supported prosthetic uh, removable or, you know, really implant um, options. And most of the time, the ideal option is, is for an implant placement. So I usually have a simple kind of concise um, discussion with the patient of what implants are, how they work, and a relatively, you know, realistic uh, conversation about timeline, things like that, so that we can, we can, get a little bit of an idea of what to expect. But um, the hard part, I think, really is is getting the patient over the initial kind of fear of, um, of what they're about to get themselves into. Um, but again, the good news is, and we can be positive with the patient about it, that, that the option is good and the long-term prognosis is so good that implants really are a, a really good option for them. So when you first bring the conversation up to the patient, for those that are fearless, they're like, sure, it sounds great. I've heard great things about implants. Let's go. You know, that's a dream patient. But then you have these other patients that are not quite as optimistic about the whole procedure. And then you'll have the ones that are really fearful about actually drilling into their bone and placing something that doesn't really belong in there. Um, how painful is it at the time when you do it? How, how much pain am I going to be in afterwards? Those patients that are really fearful about that, how do you address those fears? It, it can it can be significant, right? Uh, it, it can be enough that they, they don't want to commit to, to care. So um, ironically, I, I now I'm sedating a lot less of these patients than I used to. Um, and I find that that because of some of the new solutions that we can offer to these patients that um, we can really minimize the effects of, of um, that discomfort and, and fear, uh, mainly from a time perspective. And I find that the big things they're concerned about are pain, you know, number one. So just reassuring them that um, these are relatively benign procedures and that they're going to be completely uh, numb during it and whether or not they want sedation. Um, 
I find that another big barrier to, to care for them is, is the overall time commitment. So you're telling me I take the tooth out today, but I don't get a new tooth for six months. <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what is that going to mean in the meantime? So uh, alleviating their fear that they're going to have to walk around without a tooth um, if they want one. So um, and then cost is another big kind of barrier or, or a source of fear for these patients as well. So. I think coming up with an overall solution that manages all three of those things is really important when we're having that sort of initial consultation or discussion with the patient that, you know, um, we're not going to do anything to you that is that is going to be uncomfortable. We'll manage post-operative pain. Um, All of that's going to be okay. We will make sure that uh, at no point in time do you have to walk around without a tooth, whether that means... um, being able to immediately temporize the teeth, or whether that means fabricating a temporary restoration for that patient. Um, and then at the same time too, making sure that they understand that um, we'll work with them and their insurance and their timeline to figure out how to make this cost effective for them and, and doable. So um, I find that if, if I have that conversation with the patient and kind of cover those three main things, that um, that really makes them a lot more comfortable about moving forward and uh, and case acceptance can be really, really high uh, at that point. Mm-hmm. So if I was a patient and I responded to you by saying, you know, that sounds great, doctor, but what is the worst scenario? What is the highest risk? What could happen to me in the worst way when I do this procedure? How would you respond? Yeah, it, well, you know, that, I mean, that kind of brings up to me the subject of, of medically compromised patients and doing implant surgery. So, um, you know, if, it, if it's a diabetic patient, especially an uncontrolled diabetic, uh, a smoker, although, you know, we're getting more evidence that that may not affect implant survival as much as we once thought. Um, obviously, patients on bisphosphonates, uh, we have to really strongly consider all of that stuff, all of their medical background when we have this conversation with them to make sure that we're giving them uh, a realistic sort of informed consent and, and perspective of risk. Um, so, so that risk can be different for different patients, but I'm always very upfront with them um, because I want them to be comfortable with whatever decision they make ultimately. So for a typical healthy patient, though, uh, look, worst case scenario, the implant doesn't integrate, even though that risk is, is very low. Um, so I find that if I tell them, reassure them ahead of time that if, if it doesn't integrate, then we will follow up with additional treatment, whether it's maybe some bone grafting or implant replacement. And at that point, if you've made the commitment with me to move forward, then typically I'm not going to charge you um, for that kind of follow-up um, care related to a failure just because the incidence is so low. And that, to me, that really seems to um, alleviate a lot of their concern. They're, they're afraid, obviously they're afraid of the discomfort and the, the procedure itself, but I think a lot of them are afraid of, of jumping into this whole ordeal and it not working, right? So, um, again, making sure that we give them realistic expectations, but at the same time, giving them solutions and contingency plans if something does go wrong. That seems to be really successful. In your private practice, do you train your staff specifically on case presentation when it relates as it relates to implants, or are you the only one that presents the case to the patient directly? It, it, it is private practice within the confines of the university, uh, so it's probably a little bit different than when I was out in private practice. I left a lot of the conversation related to finances, uh, timing, 
um, you know, appointment sequencing, that kind of stuff to my staff. But even then, when it, when I was in private practice, I liked I liked to have that that one-on-one -on -one conversation about the the overall scope of treatment, what the risks are, what the realistic expectations are going to be. Um, and I think having that you know that relationship with a patient is important. Um, again, I, I find that it it reduces that anxiety that goes along naturally with a process like doing implants. Mm -hmm. As far as implants itself, how much do you actually tell them and what do they really need to know? I think they need to know the fundamentals of, of what we're doing and how it works. So, you know, you and I, when we, when we say implant, we think of the implant body that's inserted into the bone. When a lot of patients come in and they think implant, they don't know what that means, and they think of the tooth that's going to be there. Um, so, you know, are you going to put something in my bone, yes or no? Or is it going to be sticking out the day of placement? Um, just, you know, the really fundamental, and that's where things like pictures and models and videos can be real helpful, or just a, a real brief explanation of how these things work. Um, I make a point to kind of quickly talk about the biology involved, uh, just explaining very, very simply the, the process of osseointegration. I want them to understand why we have to wait most of the time before we can put final teeth on, on the implants. Um, that way they're sort of invested in the process as well and they understand, uh, I think if they understand, they feel like like they're, they're equally in control. Um, and most important, it's just making sure that they have a realistic understanding of expectations. So, and we can talk more about what that means, I think, when, when I talk to the patients, but the, the risk of failure, uh, the risk of, of peri-implant disease down the road, um, the risk of aesthetics, you know, not being able to generate that papilla like we had between the teeth sometimes. So uh, all of those things, making sure that we talk to them about it uh, is important. How does guided implant surgery fit into the practice with respect to patient management and case acceptance? Yeah, so a lot of those risks and fears um, I've, I've been able to manage in, in the relatively recent past by incorporating guided workflow into essentially every implant case that I do. Um, I can't think of a case I've done maybe even this year where I, I did it freehand. Everything I'm doing now is guided. So what that means is we, we can take a patient who needs or wants an implant and we can come up with, with a plan, a vision of, of what that implant and the restoration should look like in the future and plan all of it digitally. Uh, and, and when we have that plan in hand, then we can transfer that into the real world via creating a surgical guide. So, um, and that just makes the entire process more predictable. And I find that, I, that when I share that process with the patient, and I actually literally show them some of it, that they immediately understand what we're doing and, um, and that they have a much better feeling about moving forward. So, you know, kind of briefly the process for me is when I bring the patient in for a consultation, we're going to take a CT scan and I'm going to grab my emerald and we're going to take an intraoral scan of the arch that we're going to be doing implant on, uh, as well as the opposing arch and a bite registration digitally. And with that information, I can really quickly and efficiently wax up um, a tooth and, uh, and the Remexis software that I use from, from Plan Mac. It's nice. It brings everything together. And 
if we have a vision, and all the restorative dentists are going to agree with this, and this is me as a surgeon talking, if we have a vision for what the future prosthesis is going to look like, and we're taking into consideration everything, you know, uh, emergence contour, where the gingival margin is going to be, and especially what the occlusion is going to look like, then I can do a much better job of determining where the ideal position of this implant in space should be, right? Those old days of put the implant in where the bone is, those days are gone. We need to think about where the implant belongs in terms of restorative success. And if I match all of that up with the anatomy and the CT scan and balance all of that together, then I feel really confident that, you know, we're as close to perfect in terms of implant position as we can possibly get at this point, given the technology we have. And the surgery itself is the easy part. It's um, it's drilling through a guide that I that I 3D print myself. And um, you know, I, I think I said earlier that I don't sedate a lot of these cases anymore, and it's because the chair time, especially for a for an easy single unit implant, is it's I'm mean, you know not exaggerating. It's it's 10 minutes. It's 10 15 minutes. Um, and you know we can do that. We feel better about it. If I do a case and I send it to a restorative dentist we can both feel better about it. The restorative dentist who's doing implants themselves, um, they can be a lot more confident about what they're giving themselves to restore. And the patients, likewise, I think can be confident that um, we're really considering everything possible when we're planning their case. And that seems to make them feel a lot better about moving forward with, with the case as well. I hate to say that it helps sell the case, but it kind of does. Um, we're really creating as ideal of an outcome as possible. And uh, I find that that translates um, from the surgical and restorative side of treatment as well. Uh, the, the cases that I'm doing now are just so predictable. Um, so I, I see guided implant surgery um, really growing quickly and, um, and being a tool that, that veteran implant you know, surgeons are going to use and general dentists who are just starting out um, are going to use all of them to make their cases more successful. And you've talked about Plan Mecca in the past, and Plan Mecca is actually one of our sponsors, and we want to thank them for sponsoring this uh, podcast. And I know you work with Plan Mecca software and the CT scan. Can you tell us a little bit about that integration and how that helps you plan your cases? Yeah, one thing I love about their system um, is it's it's one of the few, if not the only, systems that are kind of open. And it, it's an open platform. And what I mean by that is, you can bring things in and out of the software at will. So, um, you know, you can bring a DICOM in from from your CT scanner. Um, you can you can also export things out. So, if if we create a digital idea of what this restoration is going to look like, then we can communicate that with a lab or another dentist uh, with a click of a button. We can we can bring stuff in or out. The other nice thing about that is that um, you know. Most, if not all, commercially available implant systems that are out there uh, are sort of in this library of, of um, software technology. So the software is really nice because it integrates the, the hardware together. Um, you know, we capture a CT scan with our Promax uh, CT scanner. We get these beautiful images. Um, the dose of radiation is low enough that it's very easy for me to justify these Diag you know, diagnostic images on all of my implant patients, and then getting really, really high-quality intraoral scans um, with with the Emerald scanner. And it's it's really important to have 
such high quality diagnostic information, I think, for these implant cases. And then, like I said, the rest is kind of easy. We jump in the computer and we create a plan. Um, there are a lot of other systems that I've used or we have access to now or my residents have access to that we choose not to use because they're limited in their scope of what they can accomplish. Um, you know, can you do a full wax up or is it going to be just a simple virtual tooth that you drop into position? We've learned that it's very important to do a full wax up. Uh, even for simple single unit cases, we'll do that. And then, um, you know, is your implant system that you want to place in, in the library in the implant planning part of the software? And then from that, can you create a surgical guide to use in 3D print? Um, and the answer is, with that software, it just ties everything together and makes it so easy and efficient. When I plan a case, um, I don't really delegate much of those the, the, the planning task to staff or assistants. I do most of it myself, and, and I just like having control over the whole process. But um, it takes me about 15 minutes. That's probably a, an honest, realistic time span. I'm, I'm pretty quick on the software, but for me, that's an easy investment of time to make. Um, I, no doubt about it, I save the equivalent amount of chair time uh, with my patients when I'm doing these guided cases, so I, I don't hesitate to spend the time to plan them. The quality of the outcome is better, um, like, I, like I've said before. And it gives me a lot of peace of mind. In fact, um, most of the time, I don't really even pass on the cost of the surgical guide to the patient because it's typically a case that, that I or someone else would, would normally do freehand. You know, you think about a, an easy, healthy patient and it's single edentulous site, uh, you know, number four. Uh, you know, do we need a guide? Not necessarily, but it's nice to have in my hands. Um, and again, I just, I get such predictable results that um, I, I've, to me it's an integral part of the implant treatment, so I, I don't even pass on the cost. My overhead for a, a guided surgical case, um, for the guide itself, is my chair time, uh, or I'm sorry, my time on the computer, plus somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, 15 or $20. Um, so it's the, the cost, the overhead is really negligible after you cover the expenditure of the hardware. Um, it, it's really revolutionized the way I, I treat these these implant cases. Most practitioners that do implants can do a really, really good job freehand, but there's such subtle things that we think about when we're doing these implants. Um, you know, for example, think about an, an upper incisor. You know, it, it's, it's positioned in three dimensions, it's angulation. Depth can be very difficult to sort of guess um, when we're placing these implants, it just, the surgical guide makes it so easy to do a really good job that um, I think I think as we proceed, uh, we're going to see it being a lot more popular. I tell my residents that, you know, they come out of residency and they've done a few hundred implants and they're really proud of their ability to do a good job freehand. And I think that is an essential kind of skill that we need to know if we're going to be successful with implant surgery. However, I also remind them that um, given any sight in the mouth, if, if they go in there and do a freehand implant, I can pull a dental student out of a chair who's never heard of implants and give them a surgical guide, and I can guarantee that that dental student will do a better job. Um, the, the implant position will be of a better quality, and it's because, you know, the technology is at a point now where these, our ability to make these surgical guides is just so good. 
Share with us your thoughts about the potential to do same-day implant evaluation and surgery. And how is this? Yeah. Yeah. And tell us how this is achieved and what are the benefits for the patient? Sure. So, um, you know, at the beginning of this conversation, we talked about the one of the risks associated with therapy being time, you know, us respecting the patient's time. Implant, you know, therapy can be a lot of visits and a lot of time involved. And, um, you know, think about a scenario, and, and I get these all the time, where a general dentist or an endodontist calls me up and says, you know, we've opened up this tooth that is non-treatable, it needs to come out, or um, and or that they're in pain, right? So uh, we don't have the luxury of time in a lot of these cases. So, you know, this would be a case where doing the diagnostics and then sending the case out to a lab or a third party to help us manufacture a surgical guide from so many, you know, for so many reasons is, is not a great idea. Um, time, obviously the most important, but cost as well, sending, sending implant cases out for surgical guides. So we've developed a workflow that seems to be really predictable uh, that we do same-day guided surgery. Um, there are a lot of options for this. So there, you know, there's augmented reality dental implant surgical uh, technology available now, um, and, and that's becoming really popular. And we have that, and we can use it sometimes, but I'm able to 3D print a surgical guide day of and do same-day surgery. So especially those those immediate cases that the tooth needs to come out, but I still would like to do the implant guided if I can, or a case where someone's just really motivated and wants to, to have their implant surgery done day of. Um, that's probably the mi- minority, but what we do is the same for those other cases where um, we do our diagnostics, we, we get a CT scan um, to verify the, the condition of the area, and we will get an intraoral scan. I want really high-quality intraoral digital models. And then from there, I can plan the case just like I would otherwise in the computer. And I can fabricate a surgical guide. Um, for immediate cases, it can be hard uh, because we have to remove the um, kind of the position of where the natural tooth crown exists, if there is one in place in order to make a surgical guide, because it needs to seat into that position. Um, the software I use, the Remexa software, makes it really easy. You just kind of click a button and, and color over the tooth uh, that you want to virtually remove. And um, then you can 3D print a surgical guide. The key to success for us is uh, we have access to this new 3D printer um, from Planmeca. It's, it's called the Creo. And uh, it's an LCD printer, um, a little bit different than a lot of the other uh, DLP or uh, SLA printers out there um, that that people are using. So uh, it all boils down to speed. Um, So I can 3D print a surgical guide in in around 10, 12 minutes. So, you know, while while we're working a patient up or while assistants getting stuff set up, um, there is a little bit of downtime for me to plan the case and print the guide. But... um, it's it's possible now where, you know, before it just wasn't. So it's really been a benefit that uh, I can bring the patient in, um, you know, day of and plan the case and uh, I can make the case happen at the same time. Um, huge advantage for me and the patient, mainly me, because I want to make sure I can control the quality of the implant position. So I just, again, I love being able to to drill through the guide and, and have that peace of mind, and then for the patient as well, not having to come back another day. Um, 
it, it, it's really been a cool uh, new workflow that we've we've implemented. One of the nice things about designing your own surgical guide is you have total control over that. So, you know, think about a case where you're going to flap. Um, you can either add or remove a flange based on whether or not you want the guide itself to help reflect the tissue, or you can have it totally off the tissue, um, you know, uh, above the cervical areas of coronal to the cervical of the teeth, um, you know, in cases where you want to be away from it. So, yeah, you really have control. You can you can customize these surgical guides as you see you know see fit. So yeah, for an immediate case, you know, the biggest concern I have on those cases is whether or not there's going to be sufficient bone, mainly labial bone, um, in place. Think about like an upper incisor. Uh, I can usually get a really good idea when I take the CT scan whether or not we're going to have a fenestration or dehiscence of the labial plate and whether or not it's going to be thick enough that we can expect that if we do a good job kind of atraumatically removing the tooth that we'll have the socket we need to be able to place an implant immediately. Um, and if not, then we, we kind of know ahead of time and we can think about alternatives, taking the tooth out and then preparing the site for implant placement later. So it's just nice to have all that in mind when we talk to the patient before we even get started. Mm-hmm. How long does it take yeah. to print the guide in your office? Yeah. So, um, yeah, with, with that Creo, I can, I can pop one out in about uh, a little over 10 minutes. Mm. Um, it, some of that depends on how big the guide is and how thick, uh, you know, from a, kind of an apical coronal um, position. But, um, yeah, it's really fast. And, um, you know, there is a little bit of processing time. You, you do have to wash the unpolymerized resin off these guides, and then you have to UV cure. But overall, it's possible, definitely possible, uh, to make all that happen within the span of a single appointment. That seems like a huge advantage. But on the other cases where you're not doing it the same day, that guide is made at the laboratory? No, no, we'll we'll print those as well. Um, we just have the luxury of not having to do it while the patient's present. Oh, okay. So, oh, so you print all, um, your, all your guides are being printed pretty much in your I office. Print, I print all of my guides in office, and um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll plan a few cases, and I can just kind of print them overnight if I want to. Or uh, most dentists that are doing surgical guides in their practice have a printer? I think that's becoming the case really quickly. Um, there, there are definitely, you know, some popular um, implant planning platforms that allow you design, to design your guides. Um, and for, for practices that are doing, you know, a medium number of implants per month that can justify kind of making the over the, the overhead expenditure for, an, for a 3D printer is pretty low right, right. Um, in the grand scheme of things. It's such a valuable tool. We're not only are we printing 3D uh, surgical guides, but we're we're 3D printing our temporary prosthetics. Mm-hmm. So single unit crowns. Um, you know the resins are getting so good now that uh, we can we can make pretty good looking uh, prosthetic restor- you know temporary restorations 3D printing. Um, you know people are 3D printing dentures. Uh, obviously models. Um, people who are doing clear aligners in their office, they can print the the basis to do their suck downs on. So these 3D printers are really versatile and I feel like every day there's a new use for them. So um, practices are really jumping on board with these. Uh, but for for an implant practice, just, you know, just doing the surgical guides, I think justifies the expenditure. If we send it off to a lab, my cost for a surgical guide is, you know, two to $500 per guide. So um, that's that's a savings every single time I sit down and make one for myself. And it's nice 
just because I don't have to wait for that turnaround if, if I don't want to. So we have the Plan Mecca Creo, and the, the speed of that printer is the, is the really the, the big advantage of it. Um, there's nothing else out there like it. The only thing like it is, is many multiples in terms of uh, cost. So um, it's, it's definitely the, the fastest thing out there. And if a practice is, is utilizing this technology and coming up with things like immediate denture, uh, you know, um, fabrication or fabricating temporary prosthetics, then there are a lot of times now where with the 3D printer, we want it done at the time of treatment. And that, that's only going to be clinically relevant if you have a printer that's fast enough. So, um, yeah, this printer is really nice because it puts us in that place. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this last question, Dr. Evans, before we wrap up this podcast. And again, this has been very interesting to hear how you um, move through the process, especially the same day evaluation placement of implant. I mean, that's that's really, really cool that you do it in one day. I, I remember doing endodontics in one day was a big thing, just doing a molar root canal, having a patient come in, evaluate that patient and and decide, you know, we can do this right now. And they're like, kind of not ready for it, but they're already in the chair. Yeah, right. Yeah, That's so right. they're sitting there anyway. They're thinking, you know what, I'm here. I've taken the day off from work or half a day, and the doctor thinks he could do it in an hour. Let's let's go for it. And usually when they feel comfortable with you, they're more likely to get it done right there. So there's a huge advantage in that um, in your process of doing the implant the day you do the evaluation, especially having the the equipment that you have in the office and the, and the expertise, of course. I, of course. I, I, I totally agree. You know, uh for all of our patients, time is money. You know, they don't want to take off more time from work than necessary. They don't want to be in the chair for longer than necessary. So same day is great. And even not same day, these guided cases, uh, like I said, uh, you know, a single unit is just so quick and easy. Patients are just shocked when, you know, after 10 minutes, you're taking a post-operative periapical radiograph and you tell them you're done. It's uh, it's really cool. We Here at the university, we treat a lot of physicians over from the hospital and, um I'm, I'm always amused by where I do an implant and they just kind of pop out of the chair and they go straight back to the hospital to go back to work. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's really cool and a testament to how, you know, how predictable and easy the, these procedures can be. Right. And you're all set up for it. I mean, you have the armamentarium, your, your cassettes are all set up with the instruments that you need, your implant system, your motor, your, your stereocenter is set up to handle everything so you know exactly how to make sure you maintain infection control. And then, of course, you have all the you have the CT scan, you have the intraoral scanner, all the software works together. It's it's set up. You just it's boom. You, That's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just like anything else. Uh, and I can you know talk from the standpoint of being an endodontist. When you have a full endodontic practice running on all gears, when you're set up all over the place, the whole workflow system is just beautiful and it's so efficient. And the patient, of course, benefits, and the stress level is lower. So, um, again, like you mentioned in a previous podcast, start off with an easy case, build some confidence, and take the variable out of the case itself possibly being unsuccessful. Take that out of the equation. You know, work on a case, like you said, number four, lots of bone, one tooth, get the predictability of success up really high so that you could just work all the other parts and make that really smooth so that when you get into the tougher cases, you know, you, you can handle it all. From the standpoint of Plan Mecco, which is um, – a great company in the implant arena and also the sponsor of this podcast. Do they offer some educational uh, programs that our listeners could tap into? Yeah, they do. Uh, so Planmeca has a kind of a digital academy that um, 
that people can go learn a lot of these fundamentals. Planmeco also, I'm impressed by their, their kind of corporate culture. They have a really strong base of, of representatives throughout the country who are, are highly kind of trained on utilization of this technology. So, you know, they're really good about going in, into the office for people who adopt these technologies and, and train them on how to use it. And then um, there are lots of opportunities around the world uh, that Planmeca offers or, you know, kind of uh, people or groups that are associated with Planmeca throughout the U.S. Um, and throughout the world that are pretty easy to find kind of on the Internet or searching. But, um, yeah, I encourage people to, to kind of look around and um, there's a lot out there for them to take advantage of. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Dr. Evans. Again, we're speaking to Dr. Zachary Evans, who's the assistant professor at the MUSC program, Department of Periodontics. And uh, he's also involved with clinical and basic science research relating to dental implant and CAD CAM technologies. And you're also, aren't you affiliated with a startup company as well? We're, we're excited. We have, we have some intellectual property relating to um, antimicrobial uh, technology that we're hoping to apply to dental implant um, components. So, you know, as a period honest, we're so worried about the bacteria that we're trying to come up with solutions to counteract those. So, yeah, Excellent. really, it's kind of a, a, a fun side hobby. Yep. Yeah, that'll be your, maybe you can do a podcast coming up on that when that's uh, commercially available. That would be great. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck to you on that. And congratulations uh, for your entrepreneurship. So, Dr. Evans, thanks again. And we hope to have you on a podcast soon. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.